Today is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Is marriage outdated? We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and share it with a friend. You can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray, Trey Gons Phillips. Billy's out today. He'll be back tomorrow. How's it going, Trey? Happy Tuesday. It's good. It's a it's a great day to be here, you know? Tuesday's yeah. a good day. I'm looking forward to our conversation on marriage. I don't think marriage... I'm just going to put the qualifier out there. I don't think marriage is outdated. I'm married, and I love it. And I'm <laughs> well, a Christian, and I love it. But well, there are new numbers out that have some eye-opening things to say about what young people think about marriage. Yeah, some people are not as excited about marriage. And as a single person who's obviously not married, I also am a fan of the institution. Yeah. But uh, but some people in my age category are not big fans. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, interested to break that one down. I think there's a lot to unpack there. We'll get to it. Also on the main thing, Billy had a conversation with Dr. Pavi Rasinen, who's a former member of Finland's parliament who had charges of hate speech after she shared a Bible verse on social media in court again. Billy's got that conversation coming up on the main thing, but first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. New information has surfaced regarding the arrest of a house church preacher in China that happened back in April. The preacher, named Chang Hao, was taken into custody by local authorities and has not been able to return home. According to reports, the government hasn't provided written notification of the arrest or the charges against him to his family. And this is despite repeated requests for visitation. And they've been denied by the government consistently. Chang's family and lawyers have made multiple unsuccessful attempts to arrange meetings with him since his arrest. A Texas pastor has gone missing, sparking a statewide search by law enforcement and causing a lot of concern among his congregation and family, of course. The 47-year-old was last seen last week on Wednesday morning when he left for work at an oil and gas company. He had left his phone accidentally at home, but then, which has happened before, his family said, but the lack of communication throughout the day via other means was unusual. His boss at Kinder Morgan informed the family he never arrived at work that morning. After 73 years divided, South Korean Christians are praying fervently for reunification and freedom for North Korea. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. And this was really interesting, Trey. This story, I'd encourage you to go watch it over at CBNNews.com. Chris Mitchell in Korea, South Korea. And looking at the Christians there, and it's an interesting thought that hadn't crossed my mind about unification for North and South Korea. It just seems so out of the realm, given how insane North Korea is right now. But that would be an amazing thing, and it would liberate, most likely, millions of North Koreans who are basically living in imprisonment for, I mean, even if they think they're free, it's essentially a a living prison there in North Korea. 
Well, yeah, it's a, it's a concentration camp essentially for for these these people because they don't have options, they don't have choices. They're told this is how, or kind of like the the reeducation camps, I guess, that yeah. are in parts of China. I guess is probably a more apt comparison. But yeah, that's that's how they live, and I think a lot of them are so just like anybody who lives in a closed country. I imagine you hear the same thing day in and day out. There comes a point when you're you're just so brainwashed by what you've been consuming that you might believe that you're free, but you're, uh, you're absolutely not. So yeah, a, a unification between North and South Korea would be nothing short of miraculous, right? I mean, there's, there's no, I don't think there's any other descriptor to put with it. That would have to be an act of God um, to unify those two countries and to bring freedom um, obviously to the the many Christians there, but we would want to see freedom as believers for everybody. Um, but certainly would be incredible to know that our brothers and sisters in Christ weren't necessary, weren't facing yeah. persecution anymore. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, on the other two stories here, definitely just looking for prayers for both of these pastors, the one in China who was taken into custody. I mean, what a just incredibly sad thing that still exists in the world today, we're talking about North Korea and how crazy it is there. It's not much better in China, even though they're quote unquote a little bit freer. They can access information to some extent, but the Chinese government, the communist government clearly controls it. And these churches, if they don't sign on to be an official, you know, government approved church, they're going to be subject to these sorts of abuses. And then just like we saw with that Chinese tennis star who vanished and then miraculously popped up and said, no, no, everything's fine. I'm good. And what was clearly a hostage video, you can only assume that this is a similar kind of situation, either intimidation. Hopefully there's no been no physical harm. And then this other Texas pastor who has been missing now for some time, his name is Pastor Philip Loveday from uh, Corpus Christi there. And so we're you know, we're praying that that all of these situations end well. Yeah, for sure. And we do have an obligation, like you said, to be praying for um, these believers who are facing persecution or facing really troubled times. And it reminds me of the conversation that Billy and I just had with Bob Fu, the yeah. founder of China Aid. He was just on Faith versus Culture. You can go watch that on our Faithwire Facebook page or the CBN uh, YouTube channel. Um, such an important conversation. And he and his wife back in the late 90s were imprisoned for a couple months uh, and they were charged by the CCP for uh, illegal evangelism, I think was the actual charge that was put on their, on the papers when they were arrested by uh, police there. And one of the first things he said during our conversation was when I asked him, like, what advice would you give to people who are facing similar persecution? Because as you said, as bizarre as it is for us in the West, that's still very much happening all around the world and particularly in particularly in places like China, uh, one of the first things out of his mouth was to pray for your persecutors, pray that mm. they would come to know Christ. He said, that's what I prayed. Uh, he and his wife, Heidi, he said, we prayed while we were in prison that our persecutors would come to know the saving, uh, the saving grace of Jesus. And I think, man, what a convicting thing to say. Like the first thing out of your mouth uh, is to pray for those who are causing you harm. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And we will post that full interview in the description of this podcast. Be sure to check that out. All right, we are going to head over to the focus story now. And there is a new survey out that is maybe surprising to you, maybe not. Let's see what you think. A lot of adults here are now seeing marriage, or young adults that is, are seeing marriage as outdated. 
This new survey, though, does have some conflicting numbers. So, Trey, what what'd you find here? Yeah, so the survey is really interesting. So it was conducted by the Thriving Center of Psychology. Uh, the Christian Post has an article up on it uh, that they, they just posted. Uh, and it says that two in five millennials and Gen Zers see marriage as an outdated tra- tradition. Uh, this was something that I thought was super interesting, uh, Dan, is that 41% of men believe it's outdated, and 52% of women believe it's outdated, which is opposite of what I would have imagined in my mind. I figured that stereotypically, it's going to go the other direction. More men are going to say, you know, we don't need marriage uh, than women, but it's actually the other way around when it comes to Gen Zers. Uh, 85% said that marriage is not necessary to have a fulfilled and committed relationship. And then 73% said that getting married in this current economy is just too expensive. Now, I'm, I'm not certain what they're talking about. The survey doesn't elaborate on that. Are they saying it's too expensive to host a wedding? You don't really have to do the whole big shindig. Right. You can you just, can just go, to a courthouse. go down to the courthouse. It costs you um, 50 bucks or something. So, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not certain exactly what they're, what they're talking about there. But we should note, too, as far as uh, the methodology here, uh, 906 unmarried Gen Zers and millennial, millennials uh, who reported being in a relationship but not married were surveyed. Uh, and the respondents' ages range from 18 to 42, with a median average age of 29 years old. Uh, so definitely an interesting, an interesting survey because you you asked about the conflicting part, and I know I've rambled a little bit here, but <laughs> I want to focus on the conflicting part because I think that's what's yeah. uh, really interesting, uh, which is that the majority, uh, 83% of Gen Zers and millennials said that even though they see it as outdated marriage, uh, they also plan to marry and want to get married at some point (laughs) in their life. So I think that's just kind of a funny thing. It is. It's like, hey, it's outdated and antiquated, but we love it. We're in. So yeah, yeah, that's a kind of an odd juxtaposition there. But what were some of the reasons in this survey behind seeing marriage as a less appealing choice. So uh, other than the ones that I listed about it being too expensive or, you know, yeah. we can live a completely fulfilling life as a as an unmarried couple, I think one of the other interesting things, and this was actually from that chunk, that 83% of millennials and Gen Zers who said they do plan at some point to get married, is that they see cohabiting before marriage uh, as a great way to figure out if this is a relationship that will last, right? We've heard that from so many people uh, that we're going to live together even you know, while we're dating or even when we're engaged because we don't want to get married and then start living together and find out we can't really do <laughs> right. this. Yeah. Uh, so they say living together before they get married uh, is actually a great idea. Uh, and the idea that you shouldn't be cohabiting until you're married, that in particular uh, is an outdated uh, tradition. But what's interesting is that if you look at pretty much any survey over the last decade or so, all of them show a huge divorce rate for the people who decided to live together before they got married, uh, rather than the couples who stayed living in separate places and then began living together after they got married. So even though they say that it's a great idea to live together pre-marriage, right. there's not really any research to back that up. No, and it just the logic doesn't really back it up either. I mean, well, really the foundation that you're basing that on, you're like, hey, let's see if we can live together, if we're compatible. So what are you basing that on? Is it how many noises your partner makes during (laughs) like night if they snore or something like that? Like, what are you basing that on? If you're a committed Christian, you're committed to that relationship to honor God in the midst of the. I know we don't do it perfectly, but that's the heart behind it should be the heart behind it. 
And that's not going to change. If you base it on all these external factors about, you know, what kind of things happen inside the household or what your partner smells like or whatever, I don't know what you're basing that on, but those things can change and you can suddenly be annoyed by them or not be annoyed by them. And so if that's what you base it on, I'm not shocked that the rates are a little bit higher there. Well, and also I think what happens is a lot of people decide to live together for five, 10 years, whatever. And then down the road, they think, and they experience all of these problems as any couple is likely to, to come up against roadblocks, right? Yeah. Every couple is gonna, you're learning to live with somebody else and how to blend your lives. Whether you're married or not, you're gonna come up against uh, some difficulties. And I think a lot of couples who are not married, but living together, they think, well, once we decide to get married, then all of a sudden, all those issues are gonna go away. Right. And when they don't go away, they think, well, then let's just pull the plug on all of it, we're not going to be married anymore, uh, which of course, all of it from the beginning, as you alluded to, is a fundamental misunderstanding of the purpose of marriage, which we know as believers is to model Christ's relationship to the church and is to, to be a, 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 a picture of that uh, to, to the lost world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think, Trey, when we're looking at this story that we can take away as believers from this? Well, I think it's that it's right is is realizing what it is that marriage is designed to represent. It's designed to represent that that union between Christ dying for his church, dying for believers, uh, laying his life down. What does scripture say? It says that husbands are to love your wives as life as Christ loves the church. You should be willing to lay your life down, uh, you know, for your wife and then ultimately for your children uh, as the, the protector of your, of your family. So I think that's, that's the, the, perspective we should have when we, we look at marriage. We shouldn't look at marriage as a great way to save money uh, or a great option if we, right. we want to have we want to have a family. Uh, we should first and foremost look at what scripture has to say about it. And of course, that's the way that God designed us to be in union, right? One man, one woman for life uh, and to, to procreate, to have children and to, to fill the earth, to subdue the earth. Uh, that's God's perfect design for us. And anything outside of that is is doomed from, from the beginning. Yeah. I think that's a great takeaway for people listening. If you're not married to think about before you get into marriage, like what are you basing this on? What's your, what's the goal of the relationship? What are you trying to accomplish here? And then if those things don't align with scripture, as Trey was alluding to, then maybe you got to rethink this thing. And it's if you're already married and you have kids, then it's helping guide your kids into that direction as they approach marriage. Um, and so, yeah, good takeaway there, because it is interesting to watch culture move in this direction. We've seen this detachment increasingly from scripture, which then it would logically follow that we're going to have some detachment from biblically thinking about issues such as marriage. Yeah. So, all yeah. right. Well, Trey, thanks for bringing that one, breaking it down. We're going to move over to the main thing now and Billy's conversation with Dr. Pavi Rasanin, who's the embattled member of Finland's parliament, continuing her fight against hate speech charges after she shared a Bible verse on social media that landed her in court. That conversation is today's main thing. I want to welcome you back. It's been a while since we last spoke. You know, the, the issue that you're dealing with, the legal issue in Finland, is really unimaginable to a lot of people across the world, but in particular here in America, uh, where we have a First Amendment and we do have legal battles that unfold. But a battle like yours is very foreign to us. Now, I want to get into this. You were You had already won your court case. It's been appealed. And for those who don't know... 
this really hinges on three different accusations against you. And I want you to explain them to us. But the first one, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that you posted a Bible verse um, to your Twitter account that landed you in the crosshairs, correct? Yes, that, that is correct. It is. Uh, it was four years ago in June 2019 uh, when I posted a Twitter post and also to Facebook. And it was about uh, the Pride event that was going on and uh, that the main church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church, uh, decided to support it uh, officially. And it was a shock to me <laughs> and uh, as, as a member of that church. And uh, I, I posted uh, a Twitter update where I asked the leadership of my church that how is it possible that you are supporting something uh, as a matter of pride, what the Bible calls shame and sin. And I, I also uh, um, added their uh, photo from the Bible, from the book of Romans, where Apostle Paul teaches about the same-sex relationships. And so uh, some citizen made a criminal complaint about this uh, Twitter update, and uh, then police started to investigate the case. And after it came into public, then there became more and more <laughs> criminal complaints about one radio program. Uh, and, and then there was an old pamphlet I had written already 2004 uh, about uh, marital and sexual issues. And then the prosecutor decided to file up the charges. I was uh, first interrogated by the police altogether 13 hours. Uh, <laughs> and I have to say that the situation was really absurd because just some years ago, I was a minister of interior in charge of police. And then I was sitting at the police station, the Bible was on the table and the police asked me about the biblical issues about uh, what is the meaning of the book of Romans and what do you mean that by the word of sin and so on. So, and then uh, we had uh, the trial uh, last year and uh, I got uh, acquittal of all these three charges. Uh, it was an unanimous three judges and but in Finland, we have the system that the prosecutor is able to prosecute, uh, to, uh, to appeal to higher level of justice. And now the prosecutor has appealed and I'm waiting for the trial in appeal court. So this is shortly all the process. So, you know, and, and we've had you on to describe this story, and I think a lot of people when they hear it they're very startled obviously you mentioned you are previously finland's interior minister you're a member of parliament you are a well-respected person in your country and a politician and somebody who is well known and so you were brought in you're interrogated and the accusation agitation against a minority what exactly are they accusing you of? Because you mentioned the criminal complaints. And again, this is a tweet, a pamphlet you wrote. In America, these would all fall under the First Amendment freedoms that you would have here, here in America if you were yeah. if you were here. And then the third charge concerned your, your views about Jesus that you expressed in a radio interview, as you said, in 2019. 
what what are you guilty of in their view? Oh, they are they are accusing me of inciting against minority, against sexual minorities. And in, in fin Finnish legislation, it goes uh, to the serious war crimes. And that's why it is just the prosecutor general who is accusing me. And uh, the maximum uh, punishment is uh, two years jail or, or fine. But of course, in Finland, we have two, we, in, in our constitution, we have the freedom of speech and freedom of religion. And that's why I had a victory. I had a good result from, from, uh, from. Unanimous, a unanimous victory. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm expecting a good result also from higher courts, but I have to say that this process in itself, it is like an, a punishment because it has a chilling effect. Uh, for, for example, Christians, Bible-believing Christians. And I, I think that the prosecutor is using me like a warning sign to other people that they wouldn't use their uh, constitutional rights to speak and express their faith and beliefs. And that's why this is so dangerous. And I'm, I'm that's why so <laughs> happy that I get uh, also international support for, for this case, because I think that it is so important now to fight for these freedoms in, in Finland. And also in Europe, they are following this because in other European countries, they have mostly uh, similar legislations agitation against in, in, inside uh, minorities so if uh, if i would yeah. be convicted it would have consequences around the europe because the lgbt advocates they are so uh, active <laughs> and aggressive and they have very strong networks and they are also in in on, on the background of this case so it would have effects to other European countries. And that's why I think that it is so important now to fight and to defend these freedoms. Do you have any fears, right? You, you believe that there's going to be a positive, you know, conclusion here. You are a Christian, a strong person of faith. Uh, but do, do you have fears that creep into your mind of what could happen if you are found guilty? Oh, I think that it would be quite dangerous because uh, if, uh, in, in fact, even the police, when he, he investigated the case, he said that if I would be convicted, then the Bibles also should be banned. Because what I have said, it is, it is in the Bible and it, 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 it would be crazy. It would be, uh, it, it would start persecutions in Finland. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that conversation there. And that's going to leave us with time for one last thing on the podcast today. We're going to take a look at Romans 8.28. is a very familiar verse. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. I love that verse. It's, it's a great one that we can rest on, Trey, for reassurance. And it's important to note that it's for those who love God. So you put in that first and you're 
one of God's people and following his will. And then that's where that promise comes in. Yeah. And there, there's a, there's a comfort, I think, that comes with knowing that everything that we go through in this life is not just for, for no reason whatsoever, right? God has a plan and an ultimate purpose for those who seek after him. Uh, and yeah, what, what a, what a bedrock principle that is, I think for all of us as believers. Yeah, absolutely. And a good place to leave it on the pod today. If you haven't yet, Get yourself over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. We've got news from a Christian perspective. We're just not going to find it like that anywhere else. And you can email us, as I said at the top, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We'd love to hear from you. We're getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday at 7 a.m. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise. We shall return tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.